What's tea, y'all? I know some of you are out there right now having a hard time, having problems in your relationships, having trouble with life, or maybe you're on social media swiping and swiping, thinking, why can't that be me? Why can't I do that? Why well, I'm here to let you know that you can. This is Create Your Own Story with Terrell Garnett, where we not only help you create your own story, but we let you tell yours too. Let's get into it, y'all. Perfect. I forgot the one thing I forgot to tell you. I remember it now. But anyways, guys, I'm back with another podcast. This is season two of my podcast. As you guys know, I'm really excited that we actually have a season two. Granted, it's not like I'm being funded, so I'm doing everything myself anyway. So if I didn't have a season two, it's really just up to me. Um, but with all that being said, I have a guest that I have the pleasure of. And as you guys know, on my podcast, which I forgot to mention to her, is I don't introduce anybody on the podcast. I allow them to introduce themselves. So... Would you, without further ado, introduce yourself? Okay. So, um, my name is Tiffany, um, but on Instagram, I go by TV 2 and usually I'm pretty loud, <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot more curse words involved, but um, it's really, um, on Instagram, I just have a wrestling page, and I follow wrestling, I try to follow as many wrestling promotions as possible with the exception of AEW but there's a reason for that what's your reason because I don't watch AEW either I, I I every week I say I'm gonna start watching it and I never do well like the, the initial thing when AEW came out was to watch it but they do not allow me to do the commentary that I can do for WWE so oh. when I'm on my page I'm watching wrestling and I'm just talking over yeah. the wrestling. So I, I'm just giving my, my opinion of what I see. I'm laughing, I'm joking, I'm having a good time. When I do that for AEW, they flag me. So, oh. and they're not like, they're not like WWE where they're like, okay, your content sounds a lot like WWE's content. It's not gonna be, it's gonna be blocked in all these countries. Mm -hmm. You should take this video down, mm -hmm. no. AEW is like, this is our intellectual property, and you're distributing it as your own, so take it down. If you don't take it down, we will have Instagram remove your page. Oh, wow. So, so I was like, okay, back it up. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not distributing content that I'm proceeding to be my own. I am not doing that, and I'm not like making it seem like this is my show and yeah. I just happen to be talking over it. No, I'm watching this show and I'm giving my commentary on it and they're like, no, 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 you're distributing our intellectual property. Yeah. So it's different from getting a video flagged on Instagram. Getting your video flagged on Instagram is simple. You just delete it and all is well. When they intellectually property strike you, that's bound to delete your page. Like your whole page can be removed. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to do any more commentary for AEW. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to post anything unless it's something that I cannot avoid. I do not post anything from them for that specific reason because they flag everything. So other than that, I try to post content 
from WWE because that's what I grew up on. That's what I like. That's yeah. what I watch. And then on occasion, I'll, I'll go live like at least two or three times a week because if I don't, I get cussed out by my followers. If I don't, if I don't go live, they get very upset with me. And I'm like, okay, I'll go live this week. Sometimes I skip it, but for the most part, it's fun. And I, I usually do about two or three posts. Well, two or three times a week, I'll post the content of me watching the show. And I'll do the pay-per-views as well. So Yeah, I, I watched. I look at all your stuff faithfully. I don't always comment because I, I mean, like you speak. I feel like whatever I'm thinking, you're saying. So there's not much to comment on, except for I agree. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I don't even know how. I, I think I found you randomly. And when I found you, this is months and maybe it's probably last year sometime. Um, I thought it was so funny. And I'm like, Mom, check this out because my mom's a big wrestling fan too. And like, we both follow you. And we like, after we watch it, we're like, okay, what does she got to say? Like, <laughs> oh, that is so cool. That is the coolest thing. Um, so yeah, I look forward to, to it. And then I, um, I was during some because I do want to address the whole uh, Sasha, Becky Lynch, Bianca situation. Oh, geez. Um, but I was away. I was in Big Bear for the weekend, so I didn't see SummerSlam with everybody else did. And I was like, uh, I was trying to hold off, and I'm like, nah. So I went to your page, and then you're like, and I seen the thing like this is some bullshit. I'm like, okay, what happened? And I look, and I'm like, what the? I was pissed. I was so mad on my little <laughs> vacation, like so pissed. I don't. So, I think that we kind of have the same take on the situation. Like, initially, when I first seen what happened, I was just like, oh, this is some racist-ass shit. Um, granted, yes. granted, it, I don't want to, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I can't sit there and say it's racist because this is what WWE does all the time. Um, mm-hmm. So, we already know what's going to happen. This is We're accustomed to this. However, it's not the fact that Becky Lynch came back. It's not even the fact that Becky Lynch is the champion. It's the fact of how the match happened and right. how it went down. So what is and that? That was the thing we was try- I was trying to tell. See, wrestling is such um, it's such a niche sport, mm-hmm. and because everybody is not as into it, those of us who are are extremely passionate about it. Yes, and it can get very, very ugly. And I don't, I am not, I'm not going to not see it for what I saw it as. And I don't care what anyone says. It didn't make sense to me. Even if you remove the fact that both of these women, one of them's black and one of them's white, even if you take that out, like, it didn't make sense to me. And I was just like, what are you trying to do here? And everybody... It's, it's two sides to the story. It's Becky's back and she deserves the title, which is all from these massive undying Becky fans for whatever yeah. reason. And I don't understand why she got so many fans to begin with because she's not that talented. Like her and Bailey, I, I'm just like, I understand Sasha. She always has great matches. I understand Charlotte. Like Charlotte gets a lot of like pushes for the gets title. a lot and of hell. She does, but she's... She backs up everything that she, you know, she backs it up. So I don't have a problem with it. Right. I I agree. I disagree with Bailey though. I think Bailey is an is an amazing wrestler, and I like her character gets on my nerves, but she's supposed to. I and like I this character have, better than the last one though. 
this whole ding dong and all this other. I I prefer okay. this her her heel character, but I I prefer it over her baby face character. Bailey's good. I like Bailey. I think that her character revamp worked for her. I love Bailey. I've always liked Bailey as a wrestler. Character wise, mm, the first <laughs> iteration of her character I was okay with because. I had seen it before. Not the harder part. It's just a really happy go lucky girl or guy. And then they get in the ring and they're impeccable in the ring. So I was like, okay. But after a while it 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 didn't click anymore. And I was yeah. like, they gotta do something. So when they finally switched her over, I was like, Okay, this I can work with, this I can understand. So I like Bailey. The biggest problem with this whole Becky and Bianca thing was two things for me. It was that one, they 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 damn near buried Bianca in yeah. this particular match. And I was just like, this was inappropriately rushed. And two, it was just like we don't give a shit about Bianca now. We've got Becky. And that's what really, that's what's really irritating me. And I'm just like, you could be building Bianca to be a Becky, bigger yeah. than Becky. But you're so focused on maintaining this that you're not looking towards the future. So yeah. I had a lot of issues with that. And then not to mention, it, it was just sloppy. It was sloppy and it was lazy booking and I just didn't like it. And at first I was like, this is some racist bullshit. Like I'm sick of seeing the black women always taking the brunt mm. for everybody else. I'm tired of it. And then I thought about it and I was like, no, because if it was two white girls and Bianca was white and Becky was white, I would still be mad. Yeah. So I was like, okay, it's not, it's not a complete race thing. But it still hurts to see somebody who I like, who I look up to, who looks like me, who walks and talks like just about every black girl I know. Like, yeah. For her to eat a pin like that, it was just, it wasn't right. Then it was like, oh, it's a story. You'll get the story. And I'm like, okay, when Charlotte come out there <laughs> and she wins, it's a story. Yeah. Remember, don't be mad. Because that's that's the story but i'm like it's wwe what what what, what can you expect? you expect yeah yeah i was really really upset for the same the same reasons i'm like there's so much there's like it just didn't make sense for her to get just a forearm and then a poorly executed rock bottom um and be pent when the night before she beat two girls like it just doesn't it doesn't make sense and then I'm assuming that the match went short because Becky's still not fully ready to come back. I mean, she looked substantially skinny. Um, yeah. And so I'm pretty sure like, she's not going to. I'm not sure why they made her match so short. I'm not understanding that either. I don't know. Maybe Becky can't quite take a bump just yet or what it was, but they could have did something else. They could have had Bianca still be champion. And Becky attack her. That would have worked. Yeah. Rather than having Bianca lose her title, it just it, it just it didn't just make didn't, no sense. It wasn't. I, it I, wasn't. Good. And I know that Becky wanted to 
become a heel, but I'm like, this didn't make you necessarily a heel, like in the way that you that you wanted to become a heel. Oh, it made her a heel, all right. Yeah, <laughs> no, it did. Exactly what she wanted. But I don't know if she's. Cause... I don't know if she has the mental capacity because, like, people like people are making it a race thing. Like all social media, like it's a race thing. So I don't think that she wanted to be a heel in that in the eyes of that. I think she's all right with it as long as it works out in her favor in the end. And I think that eventually it'll work out in Bianca's favor in the end. But it was just you ruined a good SummerSlam to do this. And that's what the problem is. And that's what a lot of people are just like, well, you know what? And then no answers about what happened to Sasha. Like, they don't got no answers. She got COVID? Like, I'm just confused. They didn't tell us what's wrong with Sasha. I don't think they ever gonna tell us. What's yeah, wrong so that's with her, to be that's un- another thing that don't make no sense. She just all I know is that she's not clear medically clear to. Compete. Yeah, she probably caught COVID. Now, if she would have caught COVID, they would have announced it because they wouldn't have had no choice. They can't hide it. Yeah, and Bianca would have had the quarantine. True. Like true. that whole everybody that was involved with her the last couple of weeks would have had to be tested to ensure they didn't catch COVID as well. And if they didn't, you know, and she did catch COVID, WWE is severely irresponsible for that. And that is, that's dangerous. Just so many questions, no answers. And I, and I feel on Friday, which is tomorrow's Friday, we're not going to get the answers that we want anyways. We're not only going to get a promo from Becky, talk about how dominant she is and they're going to move forward with this storyline with Becky, and I hope Bianca beat her ass. That's all I can. <laughs> I, that's all I can hope for is that Bianca beats her ass. Yeah. Because we're old, that, and so is Becky. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. No truth. And there's so many other women on the roster. Like I know they say that they're trying to push women, but there's so many women on the roster that don't like. They just disappear from Naomi to um, Dana Brooke to. Uh, Mia Yim. Um, yeah. I just don't under like, and then WWE has this great thing of doing, and I use great as sarca- very sarcastic as um, splitting up tag teams. So even in the men's division, there's not really any tag teams. And that's because they don't favor tag teams as much as um, they do singles competitors. What they fail to realize is that tag teams add to the value of your show it also makes things a lot easier with time you have a three-hour show with raw yeah you could be doing a lot with multiple tag teams in the women and the men's division most wrestling promotions have a lot of tag teams but don't have as many individual superstars and that's because you could book a match with a tag team it's gonna have to go longer because they're a tag team. Two yeah. people have to wrestle in that match. So they don't put a lot of value in stock in tag teams unless it's necessary. And that's that's on Vince McMahon because he doesn't care for them. So I blame him for that. Yeah. I know people, I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter talking about WWE won't get good again until Vince McMahon dies. God forbid that to oh, happen. Jesus. God forbid Not that to dies. happen. <laughs> But so messed up. <laughs> God forbid that to happen. I don't want nobody to die, but there might be a point on that one. 
I mean, I, I think now that he really doesn't have much of a choice, I think he is giving up some of the reins to WWE. That's why you see minor changes in certain yeah. things. However, there are people who are there who like doing it the way that they're doing it. And I think that Vince McMahon gets blamed a lot for things. That's true. That I don't, he's not really involved in. Now, he's there, of course, and he's the chairman, 100%. But there are also, there's a CEO there and there's also producers who are there who are handling the day-to-day operations. He is not always the one. Yes, true. It used to be the case. I'm not going to lie. He used to be the one that he would come back to show up and rewrite scripts like an hour before the show. And they stopped, stopped doing that. But you still have guys like Bruce Pritchard and Kevin Dunn there. And those guys are from the early, like the mid to early 90s. And they've been in WWE for decades. If if you're going to make changes and your changes are starting at ground level, you also need to move them up to your higher level people who are involved with creative. Because if you make all the changes in the talent, that's not going to change how the product is presented. That's very true. So they they have some a lot of work to do or they're going to continue to lose fans. Yeah, and wrestlers. Um, I know my cousin and my uncle was talking they're like yeah all these wrestlers are going to AEW. that's gonna be good and i'm like nah no it's not and they're like why you say that i i I personally said i was like because if all these good wrestlers go to AEW, it's gonna be oversaturated and then what you're seeing at wwe where these good talent aren't getting shown it's gonna be the same thing you're 100 percent correct AEW is gonna have to start cutting people too yeah because it doesn't matter how much money Tony Khan has access to bottom line is you have to turn a profit and at the end of the day AEW is a business the point of AEW is to make money yes you're showcasing talent yes you guys are wrestling but you are still trying to make money that is the goal so no you can't just hire everybody who gets fired from WWE that's not how this works and I understand people are upset about people getting released. I I really do. But I also see it from the other side because I know, bottom line, they have to be able to be profitable. Mm-hmm. With this pandemic hitting the way that it did, does it look like WWE made money? Yeah, they made some money. But they had lawsuits they had to take care of, and they still were paying a million dollars to produce each episode of SmackDown and Raw. That's two million dollars a week. Crazy. That is a lot of money. Yeah. So it's not just about the wrestlers. Unfortunately, they're the ones who get cut first because that's how business works. You cut the fat where you can cut it the easiest, which is usually in labor. Yep. And unfortunately, those guys were the ones who got cut. Now, I don't necessarily agree with who got cut. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there's some people on that roster still, and I'm just like, why? Why are they still here? Like, yeah, you're like, mm, some you, of them could have left. Like, yeah. Dr. Ryder could have been cut last year during the pandemic. Yeah, he should have been gone. And that dude but that you know, playing the guitar for um, um, Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh, Rick, Rick Boo. What is his purpose there? Like, I'm not saying that you need to replace him and put bring somebody back, but he's not needed. If you really needed budget cuts, like you can get rid of him too. Like, I don't. I don't know what I don't know what they were trying to do with Brick, but he seems to be getting over. Then that's and good. he's been in NXT for a while. 
they brought him up. He's been in um the back for WWE for quite some yeah. time on the main roster. They just debuted Rick. So they work so weird and it's very hard to read them sometimes and you just have to go with the flow and I generally if I watch it per what I actually know I really will not watch the product like if <laughs> I watch wrestling like how if, if, if everything that I find out and everything that I know I probably wouldn't be watching wrestling at all so every time I turn on the camera on my phone and I'm watching wrestling, I literally have blocked out everything in my mind so I can at least attempt to enjoy the show. That makes sense. It's a good way to look at it. So before it's we... the only way to look at it because they're <laughs> horrible. They're horrible. They're horrible. No, seriously. Um, but I'm going to leeway into some other uh, questions for you that are not wrestling related but before I do so I'm going to play a song so let's see if this works now because my Wi-Fi is acting up okay it's going to work now perfect so this song is by Ravon it's called Pleasure and it's off my playlist that is not out yet but it will be when this episode plays um, <laughs> called Terrell Garnett presents Brown Chagan Honey and here is Pleasure by Ravon Enough to touch this a temperature check. Wanna know what's up? Am I hot? Am I cold? Is it yes or a no? It's as simple as that, so just go with the flow. Oh, text my line. Know you want me sex your mind. Go back and forth. I say over and over that this the last time. Oh, text at night. 21 questions why. Again, that was Ravon Pleasure. So just to get into some more dialogue and just open up the conversation more, um, what what do you feel your self-worth is based on? Ooh, that's a very deep question. Um, that wavers, actually. Um, wow. It is a very introspective question, but um, I'd like to think that I value myself worth in, I used to value it by how people perceive me. And that was very dangerous for me specifically because it opens me up to a lot of pain and heartache. And um, what I learned is that the first thing is I have to be mentally prepared for not 
for everyone not liking me. And then I value my self-worth in and and basically how I feel after I've accomplished something that I've really worked at. And I value myself first in how I love people and and really how I how I how I present myself. And I try very hard to um make sure my self esteem is up, even though some days <laughs> it is rough. You know, but I value I value honesty and I value love and nurturing and truly I I operate under the guise that most people are good people and I try to present that front to everyone so that is that is reciprocated back to me. So I have the high value of me, I guess, would have to be loyalty, respect, honesty, and truly just just being there for somebody and just honestly listening to their problems. And if I have something to add, I can. I value being a true friend to someone. I value intelligence and being able to have an intelligent conversation and actually break stuff down and we I really value that aspect and I hold that in high regard because I want I want people to see me as someone who they can come to if necessary but I am loving and nurturing and I'm not even though what I say in response may come back a little bit harder, it might be a little on the tough love spectrum. I am really protective of other people and especially people that I love. So I value, I value love very, very, very closely. Like that is one emotion that I value very hard and I love very hard. So I guess I say I hold my loving nature in high regard, my my ability to listen to the dudes that it may sound like I don't, but I do. <laughs> um, um and I I try to respect other people's lifestyles and the way that they're presented. Because I find being on Instagram like this and coming across different people, I had to learn to understand that not everybody has come up the way I came up and not everybody has the same love or the same upbringing that I have. So they, everybody's coming from different walks of life. And I was, a. it was, it was strange, I guess, if that makes sense to be able to, to see all of that all in one place. Mm -hmm. And it was a learning experience. And I was just like, okay, to me, you have to kind of, you're going to have to accept that there are other ways of living besides just yours. And one thing that I do hold a high value is you have to accept change. Change brings growth. And um, 
when you accept that, that's when you realize you can pretty much do anything. Yeah. So I, I mean, a whole lot of things are high value. But that's a very introspective question. Thank you. Thank I probably you. would have been sitting here for an hour, like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I I just threw that one up in the the thing, and uh, I've had two other podcasts that I've recorded since this, um, and they were like kind of stumped on that one as well. <laughs> it's a it's a very good question. I'm not gonna deny that. It's a very good question, but it does make you think, and you're like, okay. So I have another question for you. It's a two part question. So, what's your definition of success? And using one word, name name something that drives your success um one definition of success, my definition of success truly and honestly is being able to do what you love and make money off of it and it doesn't have to be substantial um just being able to be in a place where you're happy and the worry is just what am i going to do tomorrow you know and some people success is defined differently, and that's how that's how I define success for me. I and then on back end, I also define it as someone who's just able to do what they love, whether it's working at a warehouse from nine to five, or um, just working at McDonald's. But you happy as long as you. That's as long true. as you're happy, that's, that's fine by me. Someone got to do it. Well, what was the second part of the question? And name one word, just one word, using one word, name something that drives your success. Real talk is money. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because I'm broke. I feel that. And, and I was just trying to be financially stable. I don't want to be rich. I just want my bills to be paid and then I have a little bit of money to be able to play with. I don't want millions and trillions. I don't need all of that because it just brings more problems. I just want stability. I I feel that on a whole spiritual level. So with everything that's happened within last year in this pandemic and the racial injustice that we've seen, like how has Uh the year 2020 up until now like changed you as an individual, if at all? Oh boy, 2020. <laughs> she's a real bitch. Um, she, <laughs> right. she, she's, just, she's just horrible. Um, one thing you you understand is that you I I I remember when it first happened and everybody had got shut down mm-hmm. and nobody could go anywhere and all of uh, my friends were just like I don't know I don't have anything to do I don't know what to do I'm like well. Y'all complain for years about not being able to do what you want to do, <laughs> have time to relax, or have time to just chill. Now you done had it for a whole year. <laughs> You're right. I bet your ass don't get up and do what you got to do now. I mean, <laughs> you, you, you learn to appreciate what you had. And that's, that was what I was pretty much telling everybody that I was rolling with. It was like, I would be safer in the time that I have. Yeah, you can't go out, but most of the time you at work. Like mm-hmm. you, you're at work 90% of the time. I'm like, y'all not thinking, what about the essential workers? 
Yeah. So my husband had to go to work. He worked at the hospital, so he had to go to work. Um, my mother was at the hospital. They had to work. The nurses and um, those um, doctors that was on call like 24-7, having to re-wear masks over and over again, having to stay at the hospital because they almost got COVID. They didn't want to get their kids COVID. Like, y'all have to be a little bit more appreciative of where you are because you could be somewhere worse. And that was my whole motto throughout the whole pandemic. I wasn't really stressed about the pandemic. I mean, did I want to go out? Sure. But I was more stressed out about my parents and um, my siblings because we don't all live in the same state and we all work different jobs. So for me, me being at home and having to be in the house, I can just go on Instagram for a couple hours to feel some time. I don't... (laughs) Yeah. I don't need, I didn't, I, if for me going outside was okay, I could go to the park and everything like that. But I didn't, it didn't really stress me out as much as it stressed everybody else out. The scary part was not knowing and them not being honest with us. And we're, we're stuck in this limbo of this constant vicious cycle of misinformation. And that was the only thing that was really frustrating was just, the constant misinformation mm-hmm. and the incompetence of our leadership. It was just like, damn, it's just simple biology. We all took the same classes. I don't understand. <laughs> I, I just I just didn't get it. Other than that, my my whole goal honestly was to keep people together because there are a couple of people on Instagram that I talk to regularly and I have a podcast of my own. So when we did our podcast every week, they were just losing their mind. And I'm just like, y'all just have to relax. Like this time that we getting, true enough, it's messed up time. But utilize the time. Like some of y'all are creative writers, start writing. Some of y'all want to start a business of your own. Get to the, the part where the business need to be created. Start doing that part. Yeah. Focus on what you want to add to your business, what you want to sell. I'm like, you have time to do all of these things. And you understand once the world opens back up, real world things begin to happen. So you need to focus now while you have the time. That was my whole goal was to get people to focus on what they wanted now. And then they can end up executing it when the world opens back up. Because that's what I was trying to do. Yeah, I totally feel that. And that's kind of like the same, everything you said is kind of what I did and stuff. Like, I didn't, I wasn't worried about the pandemic. Like, I think it was a blessing. Like, people that I didn't want to hang out with, I never had to make an excuse anymore. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Because they wasn't inviting me, and I'm like, who? And, yeah, so it was easy to get rid of relationships without having it to be drama. Um, I started this podcast, which I actually did not want to do. At first, I was uh, totally against uh, starting the podcast. I was on a podcast, and I liked it, but I didn't think that I would have one of my own. Um, And I had two friends basically talk me into doing it, and once I did it, it was just so easy not to do it that I was just like, oh, okay, I'm going to run with it, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, and then it was a different concept back then, too, when I first started it last year. It was called The Rundown with Terrell Garnett, and I was just talking about pop culture stuff. And I was saying stuff that was real and true. Like, for instance, I made a, a distasteful comment about uh, Meg the Stallion and the whole uh, Tory Lane situation. And mm-hmm. I'm like, how did she get shot in the foot? Was she galloping away? Like, Holy <laughs> It was like a play on words. It was a joke, you know, but at the time, but afterwards, I was like, I probably shouldn't have said that because she got, at the end of the day, a woman got shot and that's not funny. <laughs> but the joke was. <laughs> the joke is funny. I'm not, I, I resolved myself to not, not be, take myself too seriously. I, when I first started on Instagram, yo, like, the things that would come out of my mouth. Which is so, <laughs> just so wrong. And I, I didn't mean anything by it. And I figured I'm in my own little corner on Instagram. Nobody gives a shit about what I'm talking yeah. about. And I wake up and I got like 1,500 followers. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> and then it blew up from there. And then as soon as Bonda Rousey started following me, and then I got to meet her, it got worse. So, it, and then Instagram has a weird habit of pushing out certain videos and certain clips that yeah. I've posted. And it's always the ones that are like the most egregious. <laughs> <laughs> it's always that. Or it's like these controversial posts that I'll post. And it really just pieces to start conversations, like the Becky Lynch situation. Yeah. And it, but it brings out the absolute worst in people. And, and then I, I generally try when I go live to explain it because I don't think people don't understand the difference between watching a TV show and, you know, realizing what's happening behind the scenes. And for me, wrestling is a double edged sword because I do know some of the things that are happening behind the scenes. But I understand it's a TV show. So I watch it like a TV show. It's like you would watch Empire or you're watching, you know, a regular old soap opera. Yeah. That's how I watch it. So, because if you don't, you'll lose the beauty of it. And I was just like, some people are just cool. And you're just like, Jesus Christ, did I, did I cuss you out or something? Like, what is wrong with you? And then I play back what I said. I'm like, well, that. <laughs> that would do it like <laughs> yeah yeah like i i've learned that i just have to accept whatever comes my way because yeah. i bring it to it. that makes sense so it's it's fine i mean i'm gonna go in there and say what i want anyway i don't care yeah <laughs> pretty yeah, much how it goes i feel like i've been struggling with the balance of saying because i'm a certified life coach as well and i'm not no kevin samuels where he's making people I feel bad that. I appreciate it. I, I'm <laughs> never that. I'm never, I'm never, at the end of the day, I'm never trying to make somebody feel bad about themselves for them to try to change. That's just, it doesn't work that way. Um, granted, some of the stuff he is saying I may agree with, but I would never tell nobody that because, like, you should, you're supposed to build somebody up for them to try to change, not break them it down. Seems like, it seems like the way he does it is to just be completely blunt as possible. Yes. And I, to an extent, I understand it. But he's not doing it for their benefit. He's doing it for his own. Exactly. And so he can constantly trend, 
constantly bring people to his site. And that's where people don't understand how the internet works. As long as you are controversial enough to piss people off to come to you, you will continue to make money and bring in revenue. And there are going to be people who are going to want to ask you questions. It doesn't matter even if your intentions are pure or not. Usually if they're not, you'll get even more people coming to your page. And it's odd yeah. to me. I'm like, he's, he, I don't necessarily agree with everything Kevin Summer says. But I do feel like there's a certain way that he should approach it. And sometimes he's just blatantly wrong. Yes, I've seen him wrong on many occasions. <laughs> he's just wrong. So. But he believes himself <laughs> enough that it's hard for anybody to try to come after him or question him. And then if they do have a point, he'll just hang up on them. <laughs> oh, that, oh, wow. That's childish. That's no, definitely. very childish. But that, that also speaks to his insecurity yeah. and his childish nature. So really, he's just insecure and looking for validation and all those people have brought him that validation. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't, you, you don't play his hands, you force him to play yours. So don't go to his page. I haven't seen a Kevin Samuels video and I don't know when. I structure my Instagram to not show me that kind of shit because it just infuriates me. He very much gaslights Yes. everyone and then you look at him and it's like you're a grown-ass man with some levi's jeans on and dress shoes yeah. where, where are you going to church and i don't understand dress at this point why people are still calling in to get disrespected I, like you already know when you call in you know you're gonna get talk shit to it's <laughs> the nature of the beast though. yeah because you're just like it's, it's like what he said because some of them actually agree with what he's saying. Especially them Hotep dudes and them, these, what they call themselves alpha males. Mm -hmm. And I use that term very loosely. Um, they like what he's saying because it strokes their ego. So yeah. they'll continue to bolster his stuff and send it. And then the women are so insecure and so down in the dumps. And some men are too, that they just want help. And it doesn't matter where it comes from yeah. they just want the help so they'll go to him because they feel like he can fix it i'm like he ain't got nobody so how he gonna tell you how to get somebody <laughs> and who he got is he i'm like and there's no shade in you living your life how you want to but you're the one who's telling everybody you got a big dick and your women love it but i've seen a man laying in your bed <laughs> so Facts. maybe you need to be worried more concerned maybe you need to be telling your truth and not lying on the internet. That's, yes. that's what you should be doing. Facts on facts. So before I play some more, or I'm sorry, before I ask you some more questions, I'm gonna play another song. Um, this song is Anonymous by Dave Watson. We'll get into it now. Woke up on the right side of the wrong bed, fuck was I thinking? My head spinning phone dead, but naked, what the fuck was I drinking? And I've been trying to get you off my mind, I've been really trying to shake this feeling off. Baby, I can't seem to get your lipstick and perfume off me. Now I don't want to be alone with the thought of you. Now I'm really thinking it's right on the things that I want to do to you. 
last for us. No kissing, no telling, no stress for us over here. No face, no trace. Let's keep it anonymous. This thing is getting out of hand, come help me, please Thinking about you when I'm with her, I know this shit ain't healthy You really did a number on me, I know that it was this bad So you made me forget about everything that I had That is Dave Watson, Anonymous, of that record So to jump back into some conversation um, I have a question that I ask everybody, and it's probably one favorite question. If you had 10 minutes with God, what would be the one question that you would ask him? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> one question I would ask him. I guess the question would have to be, am I on the right path? Because some days I am so sure, and then others I feel like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. But that that would that would be the question: is am I on the right path? That's a good one. I I find that that's so um. That's probably the number one question when I ask people that question on the podcast. That's the, one of the one things that most of the people say is basically in, in regards to their purpose. Are they doing the right thing? Is this the, you know, the purpose? Or just like you said, are they on the right path of, you know? So it's, yeah, it's crazy to, to know that so many people have that in common. Even people, like I've had artists on here that are, you know, you know, of won awards and stuff and they still don't feel you know they're still questioning are they doing the right thing or, that's human nature um yeah. it's human nature because we question everything mm -hmm. that's what separates us from the animals is the reasoning and honestly is the best aspect of our nature because it allows us to be understanding it allows us to be empathetic and it also allows us to to reason with each other and 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 really see each other um i i think i have a idea of what my purpose is but i i feel like sometimes i veer from the path and i just that that would probably be the only question i would ask if i sat in front of god for 10 minutes i'd just be like Am I on the right path? I don't. I don't want to know anything else. Cause I mean, I'm not the perfect child, so yeah, am I. <laughs> I most definitely, I most definitely have failed in many areas. But I just want to know: Am I on the right path? I love it. And then I, if he says no, I'd be like, okay, what I got to do? I'm like, where? Where's the next? How do I get back? So I have a question now. What expectations do you have of yourself? I know oftentimes we expect so much of other people and we put expectations on other people, but we don't necessarily realize the expectations that we put on ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, I actually expect a lot from myself. I'm very, I'm very hard on myself. Um, 
especially when it comes to things that I do, is um, I run two businesses, and one of them is a soup business, and the other is a baking business. And um, and um, in my baking business, I'm very much a perfectionist. I don't like when it doesn't come out the way I want, if the cake falls or I'm baking and it's not decorated the way I want, I scrap it. I have a very difficult time accepting that sometimes just enough is good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, in, my, in my soup business, I like my customers to be happy and I will go above and beyond to do that even if it means like putting myself in a financial trouble to make sure they get a suit on time um i've i've had suits on my website that people said they couldn't afford and i've never like dropped my prices or anything i'll give them an alternative like okay well if you live in this area you can go there but this is my price and this is all you're going to find here. But if you want something cheaper, then you can do this. I'll still upsell my stuff, but I find that I, I want people to continue to come back to me, especially for both businesses. So I'm very hard on myself in terms of how I interact with people. And one thing that I do a lot that I need to stop doing is I'll have an interaction with the person It'll be over, and I'll constantly run that scenario through my head again. And I'm like, I could have done that differently, or I could have said this. Um, I could have done this to fix it. I'm very much a fixer. That's a problem. Yeah, <laughs> me too. People always look to you to fix everything yeah. when you are always the fixer. So, that, I mean... I feel like me being a perfectionist when it comes to certain things is okay. But when it comes to things that I don't really have control over, that becomes a problem. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm very, very hard on myself in certain areas. And I try as hard as I can to kind of kick out all of those negative thoughts and just first breathe and then assess the situation better i find that works often so yeah (laughs) Yeah, no that totally makes sense especially the fixing part i feel like i find that in myself a lot more so well i've known for a while but i'm starting to more so realize that i can't fix everybody um and the problem is that when people notice that you do these things they expect it of you now Mm -hmm. and when you don't do it then it's a problem so now you mm-hmm. have to keep up this uh, persona of always helping people out or fixing people. And then, therefore, you are doing so much for everybody else, but not so much for yourself. Right. And that that's a very big problem. I, I've always put myself on the back burner, especially for my family. Um, I have four siblings. And it is very difficult to say no to them sometimes. And my husband is, he, he's a very good support. He don't have no problem saying that. He's, he's like, hell no, we're not doing it. <laughs> like, 
I'm like, it's my brother or it's my sister. What do you want me to do? He's like, tell them no. We're not doing that. <laughs> We're not doing that. And I'm like, okay. Like, I'm like, you do it because I can't do it. Yeah. And I, I have a hard time doing that. I try. I do try. My father is another one that um, he's very protective of me too. And he'll be like, Tiffany, you got to start saying no. I don't care who it is, say no. And they'll come in the house, they'll ask for something, and my dad will be like, she's not going to do that. <laughs> I'm like, okay, there's that. But at some point, they're not always going to be there. So I, have, yeah. I, do, I do have to learn how to say no. And you're right, they do, they do pick up on it, especially someone who is like a master manipulator. Mm-hmm. They notice that you're doing that, and therefore they're going to use you to their advantage. So I've regaled myself to recognize the traits of someone like that, and I just pull away. Yeah. Well, that's good that you recognize the traits. I had a friend that I uh, didn't recognize those traits, and I was getting used. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew I was getting used. But I cared so much about the friend that I just allowed it to happen. Um, mm-hmm. And now I look back on it, I'm like, I was dumber than a box of rocks. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I know them, but I know, like, I would never. And I finally, like, had, like we're no longer friends. Um, but I had to, like, one day we were at lunch, or we went to lunch um, at this place called Waypoint Cafe. And the check comes, and he's just looking like, I'm going to pay for his food. And the waitress is right there. And I said in front of the waitress, I don't know what the fuck you think this is. You better pull out your credit card. Because, like, <laughs> no, like, I, I've done paid for you too many times. I when, when I tell you on my birthday, we went out to eat for my birthday. Why I pay for his meal? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, sir. Mm-mm. Yes. Nope. Game over. Yeah. Yes. So... <laughs> Um, we are no longer friends for a number of reasons, but, um, yeah, but I'm just, I ain't ever going to be that stupid again. Uh, God, I get it. And I feel like, and I don't know if you can attest to this, that God will place the same types of people in our lives until we actually learn our lesson. This is very true. Yes. So I've had many of him, friends like him before. So I'm just like, always use the same. I was like, well, I've never lost a friend that I've needed. Um, that's true. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Uh, <laughs> so with you being married and everything, would you say that for the people that are single or in relationships, do you think that dating is harder now being that we're, we are in the age and the era of social media? No. Um, I, I just think that the problems of dating has been, it's been exacerbated. Okay. And it's just easier to do certain things. What I find though with the younger generation is that, and people in my age group, I've, I've seen it happening with them. You put a lot of stock in social media. Yeah. That's a lot. Like how you are presented on social media means everything to you. And that part is where the issue comes into play. Um, I know that, you know, the typical aspect of a cheating man on social media, he don't post his wife or his girlfriend, he's got his stuff locked out. Those are things, of course, you should look for. But 
I did not come up in the social media generation. So for me, I probably wouldn't notice if things were awry at first when we first started getting into the groove of social media. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have noticed because I'm like, okay, I was around with my space and a black yes, phone was yes. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> for me, I was just trying to look at the profile, like, what is this? And I, at that point, we get on there and then we turn it off. It didn't, it wasn't the end all be all yeah. of, of our lives. So it's, it's difficult now because now people are, they put so much stock in social media and they make that. And then a bit, another problem is you to display everything. Mm-hmm. And it's just so odd to me. I'm like, why? Why are you guys making out on on Instagram stories? What is like you would have to hold the phone. <laughs> you're 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 holding the phone while making out with your partner, and to me that's just weird. Yeah, because you're intentionally doing it, or you'll set up the camera. Like it, I had to walk my friend through it because she was like, "Why do you have this problem with me hosting kissing pictures of my boyfriend or videos of us?" And I'm like, "Girl." You literally set up the ring light and your phone <laughs> to make out with your boyfriend. Yeah, that's strange. <laughs> I'm like, wouldn't you have done it without the camera? Yeah, but I wanted to show, show everybody what. Yeah, we don't care. Bitch, we don't want to see you driving your boyfriend down. We don't care about that. <laughs> we just want to see what kind of Jordan he got on. We don't care about none of this. We just don't. And I'm like, I, that's the only thing that I think really is a big issue is access and your overt nature to just display everything. And I find the younger that I look, the worse that it is. Yeah. Like, the, it just continues to get worse. No marriage or relationship will be able to survive the onslaught of people that you've invited into your relationship. I it, agree. That's it's very strange to me. Probably why it's most like, of the uh, reality TV couples don't last. Y- yes, because and then and that's there's a way to do that. Okay, so if you're gonna be on reality TV, I would have rules. Like, I'm not gonna display my whole life. Like, y'all just go see what's going on here. Like, if it's about me and the shows about me, okay, cool. We're gonna do this. Me and my husband gonna have boundaries. We're gonna have rules, and they're gonna abide by that. Yeah. I don't want everyone to be involved in my business because once you open that door, you cannot close it. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard lesson for a lot of reality TV show couples to understand. Y'all are on TV. Like, let's take Love and Hip Hop Perkins and Sheila. Yeah. One of the worst examples. I don't even of understand that. I. I don't get it, but whatever. If they like, they do whatever the hell they want. <laughs> but it's just, it's just, it just goes back and forth. And it's just like, in my mind, the things that Kirk has done have been grounds for divorce in many occasions. Yeah. But Rashida chooses to stay, which is her choice. However, everybody else seems to have a say so in whether she should stay or not, including me, because we've all yeah. seen it. We were there. We witnessed it happen, and then we witnessed the aftermath of it. You've now made us a player in your marriage. I just don't understand with with that particular situation. 
okay, yeah, he had an affair. People cheat. I get it. He had a baby. That's a whole nother situation. But it wasn't even that part. It was the fact that he just didn't seem sorry about any of the stuff he did. No, he wasn't sorry. So, Absolutely not. So that's like, how can you take somebody back if they're not sorry? Because that just means they just going to do it again. And this isn't the first time he's done it on you. So it's, it's the, the first time it was with that girl, Mary Jane, in that hot yeah. tub. At least but that's like, what we know. If you, exactly from what I know, like the the time frame from when they started dating and and the the age of his kids that aren't her kids don't there's some overlapping in there. So he has had to have been cheating on her for way before the show happened and got somebody else pregnant. And it's just like, do you, like and Rashida is so pretty. Like I'm like, do you not like what insecurities do you have in yourself that makes you because. You can live without him. You're making your own money. So I don't understand what's keeping you. So when you get married, there's more that is tied up in your marriage than just your emotions. I'm pretty sure she assessed everything and she felt like it's cheaper to keep her. <laughs> and the reality is that's probably where they are. And I'm sure they're working on maintaining their relationship. But when you get married, you are legally tied to that person mm-hmm. and everything you've accumulated in that marriage, it would have to be divided. Yeah, and that's true. why we see things like with Dr. Dre and his wife. Quite mm-hmm. frankly, Dr. Dre got off very easy because um, with the kind of money that he makes and with the lifestyle that she's accustomed to and mm-hmm. with the abuse that she suffered and mm-hmm. with everything that he's done, she very well could have taken him for everything he had. Yeah. And if it was me, I'm vindictive enough to do it. <laughs> I would have, they would have split everything down the middle because I was there. Yeah. I was there when Beats was created. I mm-hmm. was there when Beats was sold. So I'm entitled to whatever you make because we're a unit. Yeah. We're not separate. We're a unit. And that's the thing with Rashida. Rashida's like, okay, yeah, he's a, he's a cheating rat, but... <laughs> He's not making no money with his record label. That's the only sure. money he makes comes from love and hip hop. And I'm the one who makes the most money. Mm-hmm. Me getting a divorce from him, I would have to pay him shopping support. Yeah. Now, technically, she wouldn't because he cheated, right? They yeah. would have to work that out. But his cheating has nothing to do with their financial status because yeah. they don't have no prenup. So it is what it is. Anybody with a good lawyer would argue that he has been accustomed to a certain lifestyle and he's going to be able to need to survive after the marriage. It's the same thing if a woman was living in a home and didn't have a job and was living off of her husband's means. So if I was Rashida, I'd probably keep his ass too. I'd be like, look, when we on TV, we married. <laughs> when them cameras go off you can do whatever the hell you want to do I don't care get out of my room get out of my face I don't <laughs> I feel it. I'm gonna go to press go run my shop and you can you can sit here and twiddle your dumb thumbs if you want to I don't care that's that's just me personally I feel it. but then too I, I I'm not like them and I actually respect the sanctity of my marriage mm-hmm. and I don't think people value marriage anymore either that's true and that's, they all sit and say, oh, it's just a contract. It's not just a contract. And that's very irritating to me. It's not just a contract. If you marry the right person, it is like 
being married to your best friend. And it's not a perfect contract, but it's very close. There is a rarity that I argue with my husband. I do argue with him because he gets on my nerves. But <laughs> I, I don't do it all the time. And usually he's, he's very understanding. And um, I married a man who actually listens to me. And that was one thing that I was just like, I was like, I, I kind of felt lost before we got married. I didn't really think anybody heard me or really cared about what I had to say or how I felt when we would have conversations, he generally would listen to me. I could sit and talk to him. My father, he yells at me a lot. because We'll be here. And he's like, all you and your husband do is like yell at each other. <laughs> like three, <laughs> three o'clock in the morning, you're up at three o'clock in the morning. What are you talking about at three o'clock in the morning? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, we're just, we're just talking. Like that's just, that's just how we do. He was like, why, is it, why it got to be three in the morning when you do this? I'm like, daddy, just, just go to bed. <laughs> that's funny. Go to bed. But he, he listens to me and I, and he cares. And he, he, he's a very, he has his own love language that I had to learn. And that's, I think that's also another thing that people don't um, take the time to do. A lot of things, especially with a lot of people now, everything has to be physical. Oh, it's the sex isn't right. Then I don't, I don't think I can have a relationship. I'm like, the way I have is learned is that a man can't read your mind. You have to be vocal and communicate. You ain't been getting what you need. You got to tell him. Yeah. And anybody say you got to emasculate him. You don't have to make him feel like he's small, but you need to tell him like, hey, you getting off, but fam, oh, you're gonna have to figure something out because I ain't getting mine and you just go to sleep. <laughs> In a minute, I'm gonna go find somebody else. Now yeah. we're gonna have to get this worked out. So <laughs> both of us get what we need. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like you can't you you can't be selfish in a relationship. And I don't think you have to give your all to a person right out the gate. You do need to be cautious of your heart and of your emotions, but you cannot be closed off and be selfish. Um, and that, I see that now with a lot of people. It's very strange to me. And I'm, I just sit and I listen. And I'm actually, I do my lives a lot. And sometimes it gets to the personal stuff. It'd be late at night when that kind of stuff happens. You know, I don't be talking and having conversations and it's super weird to say. They're just like, yeah, so I just went to this guy's house and we hooked up. I haven't talked to him since. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean just hooked up with this random ass guy? Like, well, what do you think we were going to do? I'm not going to fall in love with him. I'm like, no, but like. That's how you end up on Maury. I'm like, damn, did you get a set dinner or something? Like, what? <laughs> what do you, what do you, did you just wake up and just go to his house? Like, I found him on Tinder. You found a, I said, you just found a person on Tinder and you just, you just went over to their house. <laughs> well, yeah, we hooked up. I was like, okay, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, is that, is that where we at right now? And they're like, you married, so you don't understand. I'm like, no. Even when I wasn't married, I was very, very afraid to do things like that. Yeah. Because 
my in my mind, I don't trust nobody. I don't care how nice you are. I'm not gonna lay down on nobody's bed. I don't know. I don't know you. Yeah. And I I can't trust. And then to go to sleep in somebody else's house, there's a lot of trust to go to sleep or fall asleep in somebody else's house. Yeah. I could I I don't imagine myself being able to do any of that. So I I made it very clear to whomever I was dating before my husband and I got married that I didn't I didn't wanna I didn't wanna sleep with just anybody. So I was I dated and I married my husband when I was twenty one. I was very young when we got married. But I just didn't I didn't like the dating. I didn't care for the pageantry of it. I, I just didn't like it. And I was very, very blessed to find my husband early on. Because I could just imagine what life would be like if I was dating and he wasn't the one I was dating. It'd be very, very difficult for me. Yeah, so. I feel that. Well, I do want to thank you so much for joining the podcast and really just spitting some truth for my listeners. Um, before I let you go, tell the people where they can find you and all your products or businesses and everything. Okay, so there's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm on Instagram if you want to listen to wrestling commentary and just chill and have fun. I am on Instagram, Beach Bear Ones. I do curse a lot. This right here is just a more reserved version. <laughs> I do curse a lot, and I know that it's bad, and it's not the coming of a lady, as my grandmother would say, but <laughs> I always tell her, I ain't no lady. So I'm not gonna, I'm, I am not a lady in that aspect, okay? So I am a little bit more, a little bit more abrasive on my Instagram. And Instagram is at TV 2 I do have a podcast with three other ladies that we talk about wrestling and we give you guys all of the information. So if you want to have a little bit more in-depth information about wrestling, we have a roast session um, segment on there where we just roast um, wrestling um, community, period. That's Wrestlers, awesome. journalists, characters, everybody, we roast them all. <laughs> and then we have wrestling history. My co-host Alexis does that. She does a great job on that. And um, I have another co-host, Nicole. She interviews the indie wrestlers, the up-and-coming wrestlers, and the LGBTQ plus wrestlers. She interviews everybody. And we also have a fourth co-host, Janae. She's the one that does all our music. She gathers all the information for us. Um, and I handle pretty much everything from editing to getting the podcast up for the predictions and giving you the recap. So it's very in-depth podcast, but it's just four girls yelling in the microphone about wrestling. That's awesome. Which is needed. It's needed because it's a lot of male, yes. a lot of sausage in this, um, <laughs> in this industry. It's a lot. So we have to kind of wade through that and push ourselves through. But um, we do cover that. We have a Twitter. If you want to follow the Twitter, it's at the Donald Account 19. And I usually post when all the podcasts go up. Um, my businesses, I run a bakery here in Ohio. Unfortunately, I can't ship out of state. Um, but 
if you ever come to Ohio, you can't ship out of state yet. Speak that over your life. <laughs> yeah, I can't ship yet. Yes. But I will eventually. So mm-hmm. if you ever come to Ohio and you want um, anything from my bakery, you can go to OhioCakeBakery.com. It is up and you can go and shop on the site and I can ship it as long as you're within the state. Okay. And then creative accessories is my soup business. And I sell men's suits and ladies' church suits. Um, we also sell um, ties, shirts. On occasion, we'll have salon and shoes. We pretty much try to cater to everything that a man would need for his business, for um, leisure, um, if you need something for a party, um, homecoming, prom. We can pretty much handle anything of that nature. So it's at Creative Accessories on Instagram, creativeaccessories.com is the website. Um, So, yeah, that's pretty much everything. That's amazing. I appreciate you having me on the show. Thank you. Before I let you go, I do want to ask one last question that I didn't think of until just right now. But you seem so unapologetically yourself. Um, Where did that come from? Like, where did you get that? I didn't have a choice. <laughs> I didn't have a choice on that. Um, I realized very early on that nobody is going to respect you if you don't command the respect. And um, growing up in a big girl's body, in a fat body, there's only so much that um, people are going to respect about you. And people have a tendency of being disrespectful to people who they deem to be weak. Mm. And very early on, I learned that um, they target me because they believe I am weak. But once I open my mouth, um, they take a step back. And that was the only thing, there were two things that I got from my great-grandmother and my father. One was, they don't never let nobody disrespect you, no matter where they come from or anything like that. You command respect. And two, my great-grandmother, she made me value education. My great-grandmother had an eighth-grade education. And before she died, it was about two or three years before she died, she made me promise her that I would go beyond her education. And I did. I went to college. I got three degrees. And awesome. I, I try not to brag about it. But it's very triggering to me when people insult my intelligence or they make it seem as if I am not, I don't have the capacity to understand it mm-hmm. or they talk down to me. So I, I've exhibited a certain, I present myself in a certain way and I embody a certain way because I refuse to be disrespected and I don't want you to treat me as if I don't have the mindset or with wherewithal or the education to understand. And that's one thing that I won't waver on. I, I demand respect. But I'm always going to be unapologetically myself because I don't know any other way to be. And that can come across a bit abrasive to some people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you don't know me, if you take the time to get to know me and you really understand how I operate, you will see that it that abrasiveness only comes out if you bring it out. I feel that. So 
I'm always going to just, I don't, I'm not going to change to fit the mold because I don't, I don't fit the normal mold of everybody else. So I'm not going to try. I'm just going to be myself. I love that. Yeah. And I, I read that through you. So I just had to ask for people that don't feel that they can be themselves. Like what, what brought you to, to that point? It's not easy, but it's better than trying to be like everybody else. That's so true. Well, I do want to thank you again so much for coming on the podcast. And I appreciate you for having me. Yes, thanks. So this will be out soon. I'm going to play the outro. Oh, before I forget, because I always forget to do a call to action, you can follow me too, people, at Terrell Garnett underscore. That's T E R R E L L G A R N E T T underscore. And or on my website at terrellgarnett.com. And we are out. And that's all we have for you today. I hope you enjoyed yourself on this episode of Create Your Own Story with Terrell Garnett. We'll catch you next time.